Welcome back to the Foxworthy Podcast. We're back again. Believe it or not, we're doing another Survivor episode. Y'all just couldn't get enough. (laughs) We teased this the other day, but we have a special guest today. We'll get to her in just a second. But first, let me reintroduce the whole Fantasy Survivor crew. Levi's back, third time. How are you doing, Levi? That's me. I'm feeling great. I'm glad to be a veteran of this podcast right now. And you wrote our theme song. Oh. Uh, That's a classic. Listen to my band. (laughs) <laughs> Are you gonna? Do you want to say the name of your band or no? It's Milan. Milan. We're having an album release show coming up very soon. Keep an eye out on the web. We got Ty back again. Ty, you have to be nice to our guest today. I will do my best. Ty is actually a very nice man, and this will not be contentious. And then we actually got Jordan to join us today. She she had some guest appearances last time, but our champion is back. How are you doing, Jordan? Doing well. We also cameoed on our last podcast by making us pizza. Yes. Yes, she did. And let me go ahead and introduce our our guest today. We actually have the sixth place finisher, is that right? Of Survivor Millennials vs. Gen X. It's Sunday Burquest. Is that that how you say it? Burquest? Burquest. Yep, you got it. Well, welcome, Sunday. How are you doing today? Well, just so you know, just so you know, it was 32 here this morning and it was freezing. (laughs) (laughs) I had like five layers on this morning. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Anyway, so I don't know if I said this already, but I'm Taylor Gaines. I, I, I introduced everybody else, but I don't know if I said myself. People uh, in this group actually, thanks to no thanks to Figgy and Taylor from Survivor. Everybody started calling me Tails during the season, and they haven't stopped. So if you could convince them to stop doing that, it would be nice. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll call you Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so <laughs> yeah. so I, I was thinking uh, we could start off. I don't know how much background we should give for people who haven't watched Survivor, but we'll sort of pepper it in as we go along here for what went along this season. But Sunday was a Gen Xer, I believe the last female Gen Xer to survive to survive on the show. And yeah, I mean, just tell us a little bit about your background with the show as far as a fan and a viewer and sort of when you got into it and why you wanted to apply and everything. So, so so you started applying about four years ago then? Um, I would say three years ago. Three years ago? Blood versus water. 
So Adam, for for those who don't know, is the guy who won the show this season. He got the million dollar prize, and we'll talk about him and his mom a little bit later, I think. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious, as a, as a fan, I guess, who has never tried to get on the show, what was that process like? Were you making like videos, or do you have to send in like writing? Like what? what tell tell us a little bit about what your uh, specific applications were like. under three minutes if it's over they won't even watch it and my approach was to kind of tell them who I was what I thought I would bring to my tribe and why I thought I could win so basically what skill set I felt like I was bringing to the game and I ended up making probably four different audition videos that got sent in it you know because after I applied with my son they wanted one of just me so I had to make another one and then the one I made before I got on I was wearing sunglasses and apparently that's a big no-no so um, by the end of it I made like four videos and they were all different but the same approach like this is what I can do and this is why I think I can win the game Um, and um, you kind of script them out ahead of time you know but you don't want it to seem like you're acting either they want you to be like Authentic. So, what did yeah. you learn through the, the process to make your video way better? You mentioned a little bit about the sunglasses thing, but what were some of the things that you specifically adjusted in order to try and up your chances? Because I think we want to apply eventually, and we want some advice from an expert. <laughs> from an expert in Well, yeah, if, if you're on, you're an expert now, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Okay, I'm an expert now. Um, <laughs> I would say they want you to be, like, real. So they'll stress over and over. Like, if you swear in your real life all the time, swear in your video. But if you don't, don't do it in your video. So the, the thing is to not get on there and try and act like you're somebody you're not. And if you're sending in, you know, videos like year after year, you should not look like a completely different person the next time you send it in. Okay. Which but is why the sunglasses really threw them. Yeah, yeah. They can see through it if you're, like, acting. And if all of a sudden before you were, you know, quiet, and then the next time you're like, I'm not quiet, I'm loud. Well, that's <laughs> so, so that you were making that up. They want to know, well, the big question they asked me is they want to know how you play Survivor in your everyday life, hmm. which is a hard question to answer. Yeah, how did you, what did you, how did you respond? Um, I'm trying to think what I came up with on the spot. I was like, you know, I was with a ton of different personalities because I work in a church, or I did. And so it's like, I have to basically know how to make every type of personality happy all the time. And that is Survivor. <laughs> like you have to be able to get along with everybody at all times. And so you have to know what buttons to push with what person, what buttons not to push. How do you deal with an arrogant person? How do you deal with a person that will never take you seriously? How do you deal with a pouty person? How do you, you know, all these different personalities. So for me, that's how I felt like, I think the social game is so, so key to the game. Yeah. And if you can't get along with all that group of different personalities, then you're in really big trouble. I have a million follow-up questions I want to ask about that kind of stuff, but I actually want to, in getting into this season, I want to direct toward, I think, what you were probably most known for from viewers of the show, which was the discussion of millennial versus Gen X and all that stuff. And I think you had the, your, your moment in the sun, I guess, was probably the, the, the infamous, like, oh, they're all lazy and they're just millennials and blah, 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 and whatever that was. And <laughs> whatever, whatever that was. But, and then, like, you asked a question at Final Tribal about the millennial versus Gen X stuff. And, uh-huh. I, I guess this is something that sort of I think about every season based off whatever theme they're doing. But when you're on the island and you're trying to survive and get along with people and go day to day, how often are people actually thinking of who's a millennial and who's a Gen X? You know, that fades away really quickly. The thing was, is when they're asking you questions, okay, so in my intro, they're asking me those questions. Yeah. Like, I'm not out of thin air saying, this is what millennials act like. I'm being asked this question. And the, the funny thing is, I work with millennials for a living. So most of the time, I was defending, like, millennials. That first one, it, you know, where I was like, oh, they're kind of case the rest, which is so funny because I got 
back and my I have two assistants that are under 25. They're like, what the heck is K-Sarak-Sarak? Like, <laughs> none of them knew what that even meant, which I thought was funny. But they go with the flow. You know what I'm saying? Like, Gen Xers get stuck in their ways, and they're not willing to look at the new way to do things, and millennials are much better at that. So half the time, I was trying to defend, like, how millennials act and think because I work with them, plus I have two of my own. But in that first one, it came off just, like, so terrible. Anyways, but yeah. you get out there, and you're not really thinking, oh, you're a millennial, oh, you're a Gen Xer. But for me, it was an advantage because I knew how to communicate with, hang out with, and talk with millennials. Yeah, and I... I, And before the season, we didn't know what the scene was, of course. mm -hmm. And in my interviews, I would say, you know, I'm going to be good with the younger players, but there's usually a mix of younger and older. I'm like, I I can do younger. Like, I hang out with this age group a lot, and I felt like it would help me in the game. Yeah, for me, like, I always feel like the theme's crack me up as a viewer because like the brains versus uh what was it brains beauty and brawn yeah. mm-hmm. like that that season i always felt like almost every person could have been on every tribe yeah. except for like some some people and you know it, it's it's just the show always gets better once they sort of shift back into personalities and just let people go on their own yeah so i just the, the yeah. themes always kind of distract me at the beginning yeah i mostly hold on to merge happens when the merge happens that's when real great survivor is yeah, I mean, a totally. lot of... So, totally. the other thing about this season is I thought the show did a better job than usual to, like, remind us that all the people who are trapped on the island together kind of enjoy each other. And, like, because they spend so much time together, they're friends. And yeah. I, I thought that was kind of cool. Like, were you surprised go actually doing it, how well people got along? Or did you think it was going to be more cutthroat than it was day to day? Or what was that Definitely. like? Yeah, how boring is it? you're starving too, you're right? You're building relationships and you're starving, yeah. So what do you do when you're at home and you're bored? You eat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can't do that there. So really you're putting time in on relationships, but a lot of it is like dumb downtime where nothing is really happening, honestly. Like what's the percentage of action uh, out, of, out of all the time? Everyone's going to tribal. It is full on all day. 
So as far as as far as real time goes, is it like immunity like first thing in the morning, and then you get back and you just have the whole day to get ready? Well, it's more like okay. So keep in mind, you never have a watch or anything like that. Just when the sun comes up, right? (laughs) I'm sure Ken was Ken was probably great at that, right? I feel like he's someone who's lived off a sundial at some point in his life. And tribal is really long, right? As in, in real life, it's like hours. So when there is a medevac or something, it's like something serious because you're they they don't just pull someone aside for no reason. Oh, at, at least no, no, no. what they end up showing, yeah. No, that's a that's a pleasant image. And we can't we we can't forget about the cameramen too, right? They're, you're best friends with them by the end, I'm sure. Was that true, or did everyone get like one interview a day, like a regular amount? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, like, so, I mean, going off of that, I guess, like, day to day, you're probably formulating your own version of the show in your head constantly as far as what you imagine it's going to look like. Uh, And, I mean, uh, getting into some of the Sunday-specific stuff here, like, I know you. I know it was much different than you expected, but just like, how did you imagine it going in your head versus how it ended up playing out? I guess tell us, make the case for yourself that the show didn't let us see. <laughs> well, okay. So when you're out there, okay. First of all, no one goes out there to not play the game. Who in the world would go through all this effort and go there and do nothing? Hardly mm. anybody. So you think in your mind, I'm like, okay. I thought Brett and I would be a much more central storyline yeah. than it was. Jay and I were very close, and it, it was never, you never saw it. <laughs> I was going to say, we wouldn't never, have known. <laughs> I mean, we had one conversation with Jay and I, maybe two in one episode. But besides that, it, it wasn't there. So, you know, even times early on where they would show Chris and Brett talking about a vote, I was always right there. Or it would be like, Chris Button tall, but the camera was angled in such a way you didn't see me. <laughs> or you would see someone say, well, Chris and I, da-da-da-da-da, but they didn't put in the rest of the sentence where it said, Chris Button's not big, blah, blah. You're like oh, standing on the beach trying to like get your head into the camera shot <laughs> with everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it was like, but you don't know that when you're out there. Of course. Yeah. You're um. thinking... So you were you were surprised every time stuff like that happened. Then, like it wasn't. I, I guess how did? What's the balance between being surprised and always thinking you could be the one to go home? Yeah. Is my thinking. Why? Why do you do that? <laughs> 
so I, I think we should move into uh, one of Sunday's other big moments of the season and yeah. probably one of the craziest things we've ever seen on this show. I, I can't imagine what it was like to live it. I'm surprised that this didn't get way more, way more press than it did in the show. Because one of, one of my favorite things that you did was um, was tricking was tricking David to use his idol for Ken. And I don't know if that was your initial intent, but in some way during a tribal council, I think Hannah might have Hannah might have asked like who was yeah. the plan, and you said yeah. Ken. And so. Adam, like, kind of, like, freaks out, goes, like, David, I just want to let you know they're saying Ken over here, and David plays his idol for Ken, and wastes his idol completely burns it, that, that tribe. And for those who haven't seen the show, this this tribal is impossible to explain if you've never watched Survivor, but basically, they couldn't decide who they wanted to vote home, and some people were safe from idols, and other people were safe from people not deciding whether they could go home, and, like... It, there's this tiebreaker that I, I I've never seen on the show, but I'm sure it might have happened. Be- Has it happened before? Was that the first time it ever I, happened? I think it's happened. I think, did it happen? No, it never third happened, right? Third or fourth time we've gone to rock. Okay, okay. Um, so basically, as Sunday just uh, mentioned, that what they do is they just draw rocks, and like six people just pull a rock, and one person draws the wrong rock and goes home, and. And as Levi was just talking about, Sunday basically helped uh, whether, I don't know, we're, we're going to get into sort of what your mindset was like, but she's sort, uh-huh. she, you basically helped that situation happen. And you ended up being one of the people to draw rocks too. So just take us through that because that was insane. I can't imagine what it was like to live it. So it was even crazier than it was on TV. How nerve-wracking was that, though? <laughs> Did anyone pee their pants? Can you confirm or deny that anyone peed their pants? I, I cannot answer that question. <laughs> 
you know, oh. Have you ever seen a look on someone's face like the look on Jessica's face when that happened? So you're constantly you're constantly discussing who has the best chance to win and who people might vote for, right? Yeah. Now I'm gonna compare this to last season. The season yeah. before that that aired before uh, I forget what the theme was. Does anybody remember? Was that the um, one that the one that uh, the the I mean, mean was, the mean guys were on? The, yeah, brain wasn't that brain? Brain Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. So the reason I was thinking of that is. I personally, yeah, Scott and 
Kyle and Jason, yeah. Kyle, whatever Jason his name Kyle. was. Yeah, <laughs> I forget. Um, I felt like that season was, and I'm sure it was, might have been different on the ground, but it seemed like a travesty that Aubrey didn't win <laughs> as a viewer. Yeah. And uh, we've talked about that on, on here before. But I'm wondering, I guess, are, are there sort of those alpha male types who seem to be taking over at Ponderosa and sort of trying to dictate how everyone goes because the way they sort of presented Final Tribal made it look like, oh, Chris is the Ponderosa Mafia boss and he's just telling everybody what they should do. And like, <laughs> and I'm just curious sort of how that, how you felt like that played in. Uh, not at all. Still, I think we can agree. I think we can agree. Aubrey should have won, right? A hundred percent. I I didn't get to watch the season. Oh. <laughs> we got home May fifteenth, and the finale was the eighteenth. Oh wow. So I saw the first maybe three, four episodes, but as everybody knows, those are like early bird episodes. Mm. You know, I saw I think up until maybe maybe uh, Peter got voted out. No, oh, yeah, yeah, Peter. Wow, I, I forgot about Peter. Yeah, Peter's from Minnesota, you know. Oh, really? We'll have to get him on next. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> Sunday. But, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get to see it. Uh, I, I, really don't know. I have a question about uh, the final tribal. Um, because it seemed to us that going to the final tribal, we thought, like, Ken had a pretty good chance. We weren't really sure about who was going to come out the victor. Um, do you... From your perspective, did Hannah or Ken stand a chance during the final trial, or were most people decided that Adam already, before hearing his his thing with his mom, was everyone already going to vote for Adam? Yes. Really? I, I can't say everyone, right. but a good chunk of And that was something the show handled um, really well. Yeah, yeah. That was a great, their relationship on, I, was, I thought, very fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but but they did not tell us, and we didn't know until Adam brought it up at Final Tribal. And I would say, at least for me and most people that I talked to, our minds were made up before Final Tribal. I'm not going to say everybody, and specifically who I could say <laughs> in Absolutely. And I we knew Adam's mom had cancer. Okay, 
but nobody knew she had gotten this like stage four diagnosis before he came out. So I totally connected with them because my kids, it was so hard on my kids when I had cancer and I looked at it more like I was connecting with him as a kid whose mom had cancer, knowing what it was like for my kids to walk through it with me having cancer. And that's where the commonality came from. And we did talk about it. I mean, the show didn't show it, but everybody knew I had had breast cancer. And, um, you know, I just, I knew for Adam, I knew what kind of thoughts come with that. You know, like, you're so afraid. You don't know what's going to happen. How long is she going to be sick? Can she get better? Is the chemo working? All this kind of stuff. So, you know, I, my heart totally went out to him. And, and um, I just knew how hard it was for my kids, so I couldn't imagine. After the fact, once I found out his mom was that sick while she was there, it even proved to me what a, even a, to another degree, what a good player he was, that he could concentrate and play that game with all that going on at home, and we didn't even know about that. Yeah, and for those who haven't seen it, we talked a little bit about it on our podcast a couple weeks ago, but. Adam revealed in the reunion show that he basically arrived home, I think, like, right before his mom passed away. Like, he, he made... Like an hour. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounded like a matter of minutes, basically. And mm-hmm. it was certainly one of the more emotional reunion shows I've ever seen because of that. And yeah. it was kind of just... A, it, was, it, was, it was tough to watch, but it was kind of a... I think it sort of left everybody feeling a little better about the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. everyone sort of made the best of it, it seemed. Yeah, yeah, and how many people have been touched by someone they know or some relative having cancer? Yeah. There's not that many people that can't somehow relate or put themselves in that situation. Yeah, and you know, transitioning a little bit, I mean, we're talking about what people knew about each other. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah, go, go, Jordan. I just kind of thought that we all thought it was kind of funny when we watched all the episodes together. Um, at what point? At one point, Brett decided to tell the people around him. They they asked him what he did for a living, and he said, "Oh, I'm a I'm a funeral director." <laughs> and then I cut away to Hannah, and she's immediately like, "Oh, I'm pretty sure he's a cop." <laughs> and so we thought that was pretty funny, but also. Like, not only was it kind of random and just struck us as kind of weird, for me personally, when Brett and Zeke later talked about their, them both being gay, what was actually just kind of strange for me as a viewer, um, him lying about being a funeral director was so random that this might sound kind of bad, but I, initially, I was kind of like, is he gay? Because we know he's a cop, like, is he lying about that too? Like... <laughs> Did you guys ever talk about the fact that he said he was a funeral director? Because that's weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Here's why. He has worked in funeral homes. Like, he has a good friend whose their family business is funeral homes. And he has worked in that, in their, in their funeral homes, like, over the years. And he's over the honor guard for the police department, which means he plans funerals when officers pass. So it was kind of half true. It's somewhere in there, but he thought, his thinking was, nobody's going to want to talk about dead people. Yeah. So I'll say this, and they won't keep asking me. And then his cover was, when people would ask him, he'd go, you know, I really want to be respectful of the family. (laughs) (laughs) So people would quit asking him, but I thought he was a cop from the beginning. My brother's a cop, and I kept, and at first when he told me, I'm like, you're a cop. And I think it, it was pretty obvious on the show that everyone knew about Figgy and Taylor sort of being together to, when they were when they were uh, on the island. Um, how many people were suspicious of Ken and Hannah? <laughs> And I love I love the way they did that too, where it was Ken was just kinda like, 
Uh, when when the sun, what is this, when the sun comes up, uh, you can just look at it. It won't hurt your eyes. <laughs> and they just they played it up so much. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about Ken a little bit. I think because Ken was portrayed several ways <laughs> during the season. I think from kind of a most interesting man in the world type who you don't know what he could have possibly been doing before. Like he, he could have lived in a forest for five years and he wouldn't have been surprised to like talking about his daughter and his, his like ninja code thing or whatever. <laughs> samurai, that, samurai. samurai code. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the samurai code thing that was gone. There's the one episode where Taylor has like a really hard time working with him. <laughs> and yeah. What was the like real impression of Ken? Because when it got to the end, it was kind of like, wow, Ken made it. Way to go, Ken. You beat all odds. And then everyone was like, uh, Ken, you suck. You're not going to get any votes. <laughs> it was like, it was very weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ken, Ken is a really, really nice man. Okay. <laughs> okay, you got, you got that out of the way. <laughs> Does he own a TV? Good question. So I think you listened to our last podcast, 
And you may have heard yeah. that, that <laughs> I was not the biggest Sunday fan. Um, yeah. You, kind of show you as, weren't the only one. You weren't the only one. <laughs> you were kind of shown as a player who stuck around with Brett, and it, it didn't show you making giant moves or giant swings. Um, so my question is, you talked a little bit about the editing beforehand, you know, being on the beach but not in a shot and scene. Is there anything you wish you would have done different? You know, been more of a go-getter type, or been, I don't, I don't know exactly, was there anything you wish you would have changed? Yeah, there's a few things. First of all, I think I mentioned this, but I, like, my role at home, I'm a leader and I get put in charge of everything I do. So when I got there, I made the choice to not take charge and to not put myself in a position where I get a target on my back for telling people what to do and trying to take charge of this situation. I, before I ever went out there, I told Jeff, I told them in casting, my strategy is to find two alpha males, follow them into the merge, or go into the merge with them so they are a target before I am, and I did that. Um, so I overcorrected in the sense of trying to be under the radar and not take mm. charge. When I look back, what I wished I would have done is when Jessica came to Lucy and I with the idea to vote out Paul. I mm. wished I would have went back with that information to Paul, Chris, Brett, and Lucy and switched the vote to her mm. instead of Paul because then we would have stayed solid, um, the five of us, and then it would have been five, four, moving mm. forward. And I felt like that vote really changed the trajectory of my game and it was only the second vote. Mm -hmm. So I wish I would have stopped long enough to go, okay, wait a minute. What's the best move for me right now? And I, I wish I would have done that. At Ikebula, they didn't give me a chance. I didn't find out until probably 20 minutes before we left the tribal that we were, that Jay and Will had proposed going for Michaela. Earlier, I had tried to a little bit allude something to Hannah and Michaela, like, you know, girls could, and they just were so tight that I wasn't yeah. getting in the crack. I should have gone for it and just said, okay, girls, we could do this. Because I didn't know Jay had an idol, but if I had sort of convinced Hannah and Michaela to do that, then Jay would have went with his idol at that tribal. Mm -hmm. Now I would have had to deal with Michaela later, but I would have went into the merge with you know, Michaela's strong, Hannah's strong, Brett's strong, and only had Will really, you know, as a wild card after the merge. So those are two distinct things that I wished I would have taken my own initiative and just, like, gone for it instead of, like, kind of thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So it's a tough balance of making moves and possibly putting a target on your back versus kind of sneaking by as far as you can kind of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really a hard line to walk because everyone that made a good move in the game was booted out. You know, like, yeah. like okay, you're making big moves. We got to get rid of you. You're a target. But then if you're too far into the radar, then it, you know, like, edit looked like I wasn't doing anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, Will, when we voted out Will, you know, that probably was a mistake, but I woke up that morning and led that charge. You know, Brett and I wake up, we immediately look for Adam. Adam's missing, which means Adam's looking for an idol. We track down Adam, we catch him, he is looking for an idol, and I'm like, we've got to get rid of Will. You know, because Adam was a player that you could vote with him one vote and not the next one, and you could go back and forth like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so I had a lot to do with, you know, getting rid of Will, and that was probably emotional because I was so pissed at him. For <laughs> You know, but those things, all those conversations were happening. Me telling Jay, yeah, use your idol, no, don't use your idol. You know, I mean, he didn't base his decision solely on what I told him, so I'm not taking any credit for his good idol play, but I was giving him information. So, you know, uh, Zeke and I spent a ton of time talking. You know, and I never showed Zeke and I's relationship hardly. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I guess it's hard because in the game of Survivor, Everybody wants credit for moves, but in all honesty, there aren't that many moves that are pulled off by one person because you need more than one person to vote somebody out. So it's, you got to convince other people to vote the way you think that you should vote, 
And if someone else says, I think we should vote out so-and-so, and you agree it's a good move, then you're going to go along with it. Yeah, and sometimes... You make moves to make moves for no reason, because then you don't get credit for that either. Sometimes the way it comes across on the show, I, I don't know if you ever, if you've ever played this uh, game. What it's that mafia, that mafia, <laughs> game, that social deception game where everybody just sits in a circle and there's like, like yeah, five people, five people who are like the mafia and they're trying to kill everyone. Survivor always reminds me of that, where how how someone will all of a sudden be like, we should vote out. Sunday, and then everyone will be like, oh, yeah, yeah, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Just like, because when you're playing that game, it's like, I think Jordan's in the mafia. And then everyone's like, oh, my God, you're right. That's exactly what the mafia would say. And it just goes on and on. And it just seems like you just have to get lucky and avoid the crosshair sometimes. But um, Oh, you do. And honestly, I, I was worried about getting voted out the first vote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, for me to get to day 35... Even though, you know, the edit obviously wasn't showing a lot of things that I was doing. Of course, I would have liked to get further, but, you know, yeah. I was really happy with how far I got in the game. And part of that is choosing the right people to be with, the right vote side of the vote to be on. And I was on the wrong side of plenty of them and was still there. Yeah, so let's, let's, uh, let's start wrapping it up here with our special guest Sunday from Survivor today. But... As you're talking about sort of reconciling your feelings with how the show went versus how it was edited versus how you played and blah, blah, blah. Just one thing we wanted to ask about was at the beginning of the show, they put up little YouTube videos of uh, everybody like giving a little preview of each person. And it seemed that God and people's relationship with God and Christianity came up a lot. I mean, Michelle was like works for a Bible company or something. Right. And, um, that seemed to come up a lot in the pre-show and it didn't wind up being talked about a whole lot during the season. And as, as someone who's worked in a church and you go around the country speaking about the gospel and God and, uh, and everything, I'm just curious how you balance that part of your life while you were stranded on an Island playing a game. (laughs) Did that help you in some sense to connect with other people, like Michelle, for example, or was it kind of, uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it did a little bit. I didn't, I didn't get a ton of time with Michelle because I didn't meet her, obviously, until yeah. I merge. 
And uh, Will and I actually had a lot of really great conversations at night around the fire because I, I got more time with Will. You know, definitely a connector point with Michelle. We just didn't get that much time together. Yeah. When you're there with people and building relationships, you got to find anything in common that you can connect about and talk about to build a relationship. So it's basically finding what you can connect with each person about to talk about. Uh, and one more quick question. Uh, so we were doing a little background research on your uh, website, and it says... Uh, if you really want to see your wife, ask her about her love of spray paint. So, can we talk about that? So, tell minute? us about your love of spray paint. Oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I can see in my garage. I must have 98 cans of spray paint on there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's because I do like DIY projects and I've done like demonstrations and I do like local segments on local news stations around here. Oh, <laughs> so cool. I mean, we will spray paint anything. So, yeah. So, I love spray paint. I have tons of colors. If you can spray paint it, send it to me and I'll spray paint it for you. See, this is what Survivor doesn't tell you. How do we find these DIY videos? You guys should know about Are you visioning on your blog of your DIY projects? Well, they used to be because I used to have a DIY blog and I don't anymore, so I don't know where it is. Are you on Yeah, so That's just awesome. uh, tell us a little bit about sort of what you do now. I, I know you go around doing some speaking engagements and things like that. Just tell us a little bit about that. Well, I just actually stepped down from my position at the church to focus on speaking full-time. And so I'm working on I have a new website and I'm still tweaking that. And I'm working with a speaking agent. And, um, you know, the goal is just to get out there and, you know, be a public speaker. Some of it will be in churches and some of it not. But um, aside from what you saw on the show, I love to talk. <laughs> so, really? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what you said. No, it's really true. I talk a lot, actually. So I always got something to say. So is it focused on uh, young adults mostly? or? No, no, probably more women. Okay. Um, so it would be kind of like inspirational, motivational type speaker. Um, probably do things with like cancer and breast cancer. Yeah, so I don't want to put you on the spot, but you're talking about motivational speaking. Let's uh, let's try to leave everyone with like one tip from Sunday Burquist, like a life tip, a survivor tip, whatever comes to mind, sort of just something you would tell people if they came up to you and said, Sunday, how sh what should I do? How should I go about my life? Just, let's just get let's get a tip from Sunday to, to send everyone out on a high note. You can find uh, <laughs> you can find Sunday's website. It is sundayburquest.com at b u r q u e s t, and uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Sunday Survivor. She, I'm sure, can pick you up on Twitter too. Yeah, follow me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us today, Sunday. This was uh, enlightening. Thank we'll have so to. Uh, uh, are you going to try to get uh, back on the show? Oh, for sure. <laughs> now I know what to do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, well, we'll look yeah, out hopefully. We'll look out for that, and maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll try to get some insight from Sunday in the future as, uh, as Survivor rolls on for hopefully forever. I guess uh, it, as Jeff Probst can live forever, right? Yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Well, thanks for having me, guys. This is super fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is great. Uh, thank you. 
that this was Sunday with us, and we had we had Ty back. Ty, what's your Twitter? Uh, Tyler B. Collins. And uh, Levi, Twitter? Levi the Bradford. The Bradford. I don't know my Twitter, but... No, I found you. I found Jordan. you. <laughs> it's Jordan A. Bradford. You have nine tweets. <laughs> Um, anyways, and, uh, I'm at Gaines Taylor, so keep a lookout for us. Survivor's coming back before you know it, probably March or something, and we'll have Fantasy Survivor again. We'll hopefully talk Survivor again, have some more guests. Maybe Sunday will come back and have some fun with us. We'll see what happens. But this was the Foxworthy Podcast. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Foxworthy Podcast.